When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, and welcome to the 56th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp, and I'm joined today by two very special temporary guest hosts. Joining us once again for the second week in a row, we have the person who went to EUIC and is going to share us the tales of the bottom tables, Grant, a.k.a. Boo CK. Yo, thanks for having me back. And the first ever non-team member to join us three times now, we have the man who is going to join or let us know the stories of the top tables and the sexiest man in the Pokemon trading card game, Pedro Torres, a.k.a. Sinichi. Hello, chat. Pedro here. What's up? <laughs> so we got a very special episode for y'all today. We're going to be talking a little bit about just what was EUIC like? What was it like traveling internationally for a tournament, either the first time or another international tournament, the first one in many, many, many years? And then we're going to talk about the results that both of these two got, focusing mostly a little bit on Pedro's. And then we'll get into some questions from Twitch chat. As always, we are live on twitch.tv slash mellow underscore Magikarp. So the very first thing. I want to ask you both about because I've never been to an IC period and I've actually never traveled outside of the country for a Pokemon tournament unless you count going to Canada for a couple league cups that I would not count that for anything. What was it like being at an international championship? And Grant, it was your first time, so I want you to start first. What was an IC like and how is it different from a regional? Um well this one was it was pretty crazy. Obviously the international travels uh a lot different longer uh overseas flight but then also the covid regulations and things like that so the mask stuff is long gone but to get back to the u.s you have to test negative so i still wore a mask there and was you know pretty cautious about all that because i didn't want to get stuck there um the time changes i think you know because i was on discord when you guys were on at night uh I didn't really get the jet lag thing. I sort of just stayed on American time, um, which was fine. But then, you know, you're only getting three or four hours of sleep. Um, but the travel, you know, the in Europe, it appears they have, you know, actually great public transit. And, um, you know, the, I took a taxi, though. Uh, but it, it was it was pretty easy getting there. Um, I can't really complain. Getting back was was pretty rough uh i got stuck in houston my flight was canceled so uh, i just got back today that sounds like something we did not have to worry about at salt lake city the uh a lot of that stuff <laughs> right <laughs> pedro what about you what was it like traveling for and it's not your first international trip but your first one in two years to an ic what was it like at an ic well, definitely really happy for playing an IC again after, yep, more than two years probably. And um, 
gladly was in my region, right? So I hadn't that problems that Boosie had that I kind of will have in North America International, right? Because the six, seven hours difference. So in that aspect, I also focus more in that tournament, my resistance physically and mentally, because um, as you said, this is way longer than the regional and it's, you need to have a better mindset for for that to you know to play like nine rounds or potentially five more uh, in two days um so yeah you know i actually sleep pretty late in my normal schedule but for this tournament i prepare way better uh one week before trying to fix my schedule so when i played the tournament i was actually waking up a proper time and uh, no jet lag for me that's pretty cool it's actually a thing i guess um people don't um take too important but it's actually really really relevant um because you could be sleepy or you could be like not in the proper way to actually play a tournament and you need to be fully prepared mentally and physically and in these two years i lost 20 kilos so the physical part was definitely way better for my resistance and mentally and sleepy schedule was definitely way better too and actually i was really happy with my place on day one and day two i guess i play even better in day two than day one um, but I still feel after playing that I need to improve more my resistance because I, I D three rounds and I was tired of uh, playing only six rounds. So that's something I need to work. But in general, really happy for for playing again in a top level and extra happy for sure with my result. But that's just a bonus, right? Just a quick for the uh, American listeners who use fake units, 20 kilos is 44 pounds. <laughs> So that's definitely a big health improvement over the uh, over the pandemic, it sounds like. Do you think that, and this isn't going to turn into like a fitness podcast, but do you think that actually helped your stamina throughout the day, just like being in slightly better shape? Yeah, definitely. It was something I thought it wasn't relevant, but actually being in a really good, healthy way, um, it definitely helps to think faster and to not be in that uh, during the tournament so i actually uh, feel really happy for that because it's something i improve it and it's something i'm worried about because with pokemon competition going back uh the stress part will go back to my body for sure soon because we will have like tournaments almost every weekend so it's something i will try to control as much as possible the food the sleepy schedules and the potential jet lags but i will definitely take uh, more care about that um, after watching what can happen if you don't control it right um so yeah i guess uh it's super important it's something people don't um, take it too seriously especially this the sleep schedule or um uh, the food uh, stuff right and yep better physical and mentally part you you have uh, potential better results you will you will make so I have a question based off of not for you in this tournament, but so Grant's first thing is I was jet lagged, so I stayed on U.S. time, which doesn't sound the best to me. Pedro, how do you do it when you come to like NAIC or you go to Australia or anything like that? How are you adjusting to those time schedules for a big tournament? Um, in case of NAIC, it's easier for me because I'm a late night person, right? So when I you know in my normal day, life or day i wake i sorry i sleep pretty late so when i go to north america that four five six hours is 
kind of fine. So, uh, but that's because I'm a really late night person. But for OCSC, definitely is more complicated. So I always try to go there with one week in advance because that's definitely a completely different schedule um, for your body. And you wake up at uh, times you shouldn't wake up and you sleep at the times that should, you shouldn't sleep. So for that, uh, especially OCIC, OCIC, I'm definitely trying to go one week before. So when the tournament starts, my body and my mind is definitely way more prepared. Um, so yeah, for every international, actually, I try to have some days to to adjust uh, this and just trying to not go the day before the tournament because then you will definitely won't feel uh, that at your best level to play the game. Yeah, that that was definitely my problem coming in Thursday and not having I didn't I didn't need much time to adjust it because I don't sleep that much, but um, at least having at least a day more buffer to kind of figure out and get in the right groove would have helped. But I'm not blaming the lack of sleep on my poor play, although there was one grievous mistake that was uh, right before lunch that I kind of feel like I was kind of running out of energy and, and that might have been a contributing factor. But um, yeah, definitely getting there earlier would have helped a lot. So Grant, you got in there a day before. Tournament started on Friday and you got there Thursday. So yeah, yeah. When I when I planned, I I had in my mind for some reason that I started on Saturday. <laughs> so when I when I first booked all that stuff, I was already um, against myself. So my next question is a little bit about Germany and how you all enjoyed it. So Grant, you didn't have much time, but we're gonna start with you, and then we'll go to Pedro because Pedro, I know you were there for a little bit longer. What did you do preparing for the tournament with your free time? Um, I walked around a lot, uh, and just kind of saw the place. My, I had, I didn't super enjoy it. I mean, not, not saying anything was was bad. It was a great city. Um, but like the, it's not like ice machines in your hotel <laughs> and the air conditioning didn't work. So it's like, uh, the wind, we were rocking the window, uh, for, for fresh air. Um, but it's just a different, totally different, you know feel and i i enjoyed after i dropped i walked around the city and then the next day i i did it again uh just different directions just you know four to ten miles of just walking and checking things out and um exploring because i didn't get that time by getting there earlier to to see the city pedro what about you you did not drop and go wander the city but i know you got there early so what were you doing beforehand yeah, I prepared like um mini boot camp uh, before traveling to Germany with um Franco Takahashi from Japan. He come he came to he come to Spain to spend some days with me and um, a Spanish friend. So we were like testing um last minute chance we tested with this especially like me, Arcus and Ursifudex. And um, yeah, it was actually a bootcamp that helped a lot because we wake up early. Uh what was really hard for me, but they forced me to wake up early for I uh, use that schedule and um, I kind of sleep uh, properly. And then we traveled to Germany and we actually had the, the travel. Uh, we, we we planned to travel uh, with some days in advance, but we finally changed it because uh, Betis uh, played on Tuesday and this is my football team. And I invited Franco to, to go Betis um, Stadium because he likes football. 
So yeah, we finally decided to go Germany um, on Thursday, I guess. But yeah, it's the same, the same hour than Spain, right? So for me, it's definitely uh, perfect because it's literally the same uh, hour. Um, so yeah, we on Thursday we just uh, came early to Frankfurt. I already visited Frankfurt uh, some years ago. So on Thursday we just relax, you know, like final list for the tournament, and we wanted to. We, we planned to actually sightseeing on Saturday, but suddenly I qualified today to until the four, so it was kind of hard to sightseeing for me. And I finished at like 8 p.m. Um, the top four, and then Betis played the finals of the football uh, cup, you know, in the in Spain. And then I celebrate until 7 a.m. on Sunday, so I couldn't see the city this time, but uh, I had a really good time for sure. So my follow-up question was going to be about the celebrations, how you both did after the tournament, but it sounds like Pedro, yours was watching some uh, football, soccer again for the Americans who are uncultured, including myself, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, some partying all night. Grant, what about you? Yep. Yeah, it was just walking around, and I had the COVID test on Sunday, so I was trying to be, you know, kind of avoid people at that point because I didn't want to get stuck for uh, five to 14 days in Frankfurt because I do have a full-time job. Um, <laughs> I need to get back. Um, unfortunately, I passed and uh, got back here, but the travel issues coming back set set me back a little bit, but it's okay. I got to see the city. I got to do the the tourism type stuff that Peter didn't get to do. Um, you know, see. So cool. who's the Very... real winner here? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah, talk it was, about it. Was good um, overall, I guess. Either way. Let's get into prep a little bit before we get into the results. So it's always the thing of like, how much are you testing your deck? How are you making your medical? So again. Grant, could you walk us through a little bit of yours, and then Pedro will get into yours after that. So, Grant, how much testing did you do? What was your medical, and what did you end up playing? Not how did you do, but what did you end up playing? Yeah, not a, not a ton. Um, I obviously have played Duraludon at Salt Lake City previously and, and did all right with it, uh, and have played that probably the most in this format. Um, and then uh, I'd pretty much settled on Arceus, Biberol, and um, so metagaming, trying to think of Europe as it being so different, I I figured I'd see more Rapid Strike Malamar than we did in the US, which was basically zero. Um, so I figured a Crobat VMAX would be great. And I basically then settled on what Azul had been playing, uh, the capture energy is being really great for getting Pokemon out early and uh, you know kind of preventing the the Mew stuff and then having the dark package for that and then what what I'd figured was I'd take my chances in Arceus Mirror Match and just try and outplay and win that and then as we kept getting closer and realizing Lucario was going to be available I I wanted to put that in and the whole time testing it I was thinking well. Rapid Strike, Urshi's just better, you yeah. know, hands down better, and co covers all the other matchups too, and like or the Malamar matchup. And... But my issue was, you know, being relatively new to IRL play and uh, play in general, like I'm trying to play simpler decks and 
playing the Bibril deck, you realize it's really not that simple. But um, trying to avoid Inteleon because of all the decision making, and I get burned out and shuffling and going back in and thinking like that would have a, a harder toll on me. So I try to avoid that the whole time. So you can't, I couldn't really see myself playing the Urshifu in that package and so settled on Lucario because it was much more straightforward. And so I ended up with um, Arce uh, Arceus, Lucario, Crobat VMAX with a Moltres. And Pedro, and for anyone who's seen your stream, Pedro, they probably have an idea on how you got to what you got to, but what was your testing like and how did you wind up playing what you played? Um, so after Liverpool, um, Liverpool Juniors was two weeks ago, uh, I guess, or two or three weeks ago. I I tested a lot, um, Arceus for like a month, and then we, I discovered Urshifu with Thor. Um, I was tryharding Urshifu. For Liverpool, that Robin ended up winning the event with the same list uh, I played. Um, I missed points for like two spots. I got 66, and we couldn't reach 400 people with like 390 or so. So I was kind of sad because I lost the winner in two tour um, for my fault for just throwing an extra card uh, when I had gaming hands. So I was feeling sad for throwing a tournament in that aspect. So I was kind of sad after the tournament for so many testing. Uh, so I took like a one week, two weeks break um, with no testing because I didn't feel well uh, to test. Um, but after that, I thanks to my friends that trying to motivate me again, um, I tested again like one week, one week and a half before uh, UIC. I got my motivation back thanks to my friends. Um, yeah, in the weekend, Franco come to Spain and... We went to um, a friend house, uh, a Spanish friend house. But I want to thanks her, uh, to thanks her for sure for inviting us uh, for days to just test. And we tested mainly uh, Mew Vmax, um, Arceus variants like Inteleon, Ice Rider, Bivarel, and stuff. And we still tested Urshifu because I didn't want to repeat Urshifu um, mainly because it's a really stressful deck. You need to know your prices. You know that's really lazy, right? <laughs> But um, I was like between Arceus, that is more chill to play, um, Arceus Intellion probably, and uh, Urshifu. But when we were testing um, at that home all the day uh, and all the night, we figured out that Arceus is not that great. Every day we tested Arceus felt worse than the day before. Sometimes because we think Ariton won, sometimes because we think Arceus don't won, sometimes just because losing the coin flip against Mew. <laughs> and Urshifu felt way better every single day. Um, the main problem of Liverpool sometimes was the consistency, and um, we kind of improved the consistency issues for a bit, just putting the five sobel, what is the Gossy Floor, because he has a, key, a call for family attack. We improved the um, energy problem against Mew sometimes uh, with the Eldegos, and um, we got some cards that are not really good for turn one or bad starters like Passimian. So with more consistency, um, the deck felt way better. And I actually convinced Franco to actually play the deck too because he saw that the deck actually beats everything but Whimsicott. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Franco and I decided to play um, Urshifu because Arcus test was horrible, to be honest. And... Um, my friend from Spain decided to play Mew Vmax because uh, she felt really confident um, 
with that uh, choice. So definitely really happy. And Fabian finally also joined me with the same 60 and Nico with the 58 um, same uh, cards. So really happy for that and really happy for the testing I had with uh, Franco and my friend from Spain because we were discussing a lot of potential plays against me and against Arcus. So this probably the two more popular decks for you, I see. So let's get into the results a little bit and how both of you did and how your tournament runs went. So Grant, yours is a little bit shorter. <laughs> so let's yeah. go ahead and start with yours. How did the tournament go for you? Yeah, so like I said earlier, the two decks I was planning to you know to have good matchups against uh, Malamar and Mew, um, that's basically all I played against. Uh, and, you know, Mew's fine once you get into the game. And... Uh, but when you start with the Mew Donk to begin your international tournament experience, it's um, it's not great. Uh, so some uh, a bad set early on, uh, and then lost to a Malamar. Just you know, classic prizing and and them Ooh. hitting it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> and then got got back, you know, my feet back on the ground, um, beating another Malamar. And then I threw my round four matchup against Mew. I had Zigzagoon, Net, Quick Ball, and I won. And I mapped it all out way before Mew's taking its you know long turn. And um, I'd already won game one, and I basically driver seat to win. Zigzagoon, Quick Ball, the Net. You know, screw the whole <laughs> sequencing up. So now I have Zigzagoon on the bench, and that was the the downfall so at that point it was basically uh over for me um and then by after round six i was just like i'm not having fun playing the stack uh it really needs to to play that engine you really just need the capture energies in there because i just wasn't getting pokemon out to set up bibrel and actually get an attacker going um and so at that point basically Knew there was no point in, in hanging around and had some time in the day to go do something else. So uh, it was pretty short and sweet. Learned from my mistakes. And, uh, you know, we've got Indian a uh, week and a half. So ready to play again. Easy dubs in Indy for sure. Yeah. So, Pedro, let's get a little bit into your slightly longer version. You made it past round six. So it's okay if you want to skip a few rounds and just be like, oh, I also have to give a quick shout out. Tord has the best and worst update tweets I've ever seen. It's like, I won round six. They didn't play Manaphy, LOL. <laughs> so if you want to give any updates like that, you're more than welcome to. But uh, do you want to quickly run through how did the tournament go for you? How did day one go? And then obviously, how did day two and a top cut go? Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly all the rounds, but more or less I That's fine. kind of remember my, my matchups. Um, so we made the list with Nico and um, and uh, Fabian mainly um, for preparing against what we think what the top three decks. So in our opinion, we expect a lot of Mews, um, Arceus variants in general, and Malamar. That's what that was our prediction so we didn't join Manafi because we didn't want to counter our partners right um that other people that, that'll teach did, you to be nice we didn't, <laughs> we didn't want to counter our partners and we didn't expect it um, or shifu what actually was really popular um 
more than we expected, in especially uh, played by really top players uh, in the game like Wada, right, or even Tor, right? So um, uh, we tested uh, Avery, for example, for Avery Rapid Flow is pretty good against Ernie Arcus with Dance Pars, Manafi, and Staff, also pretty good against Malamar and Mew. And yeah, we didn't touch against decks like Whimsicott or Urshifu because we didn't expect to be that popular. So that's how we actually um, made the deck for this tournament. And in my case, it was a pretty good decision because I didn't face any Whimsicott until top four, of course. And I faced mainly a lot of Arcus, like seven, eight Arcus, and like four or five Mews, and two of them with Marnie. What actually Eldegos gave me the win, um, thanks to that uh, near strategy against Mew. Because you get there when they manage you, you just need probably one Inteleon for game because you have Eldegos for the two energies. So if you just get one Incense or one Inteleon, you just have like the Moltres combo. Um, so yeah, I was lucky to face a lot of Mews and Arcus. I knew how to play the both matchups, and I guess I 2 0 all the Mews and 2 0 all the Arcus, but probably two rounds that I got Marnie turned two into Brick and I instant scoop because I know. I can win the matchup. So after Marnie turn two uh, and not finding a level ball or drizzle, I decided to just use the scoop to have time for game three and actually work it the rounds I won to one. Um, there was one round I tied against Arcus because um, I couldn't have time to win game three. Uh, probably should have scooped earlier too, but that game I had a poor setup, but I still thought I could win. So yeah, I was like 2 0. Then I faced Fabian. Um, that we play the same 60 on a streaming, so we decided to ID before uh, playing on a streaming, and we asked, all right, can we still play for fun and to show the match on a stream? And they said yes, and we said, please tell to the casters that we actually ID and we're playing for fun. But for some reason, they didn't tell to the casters, so everyone <laughs> thought Fabian actually beat me in round three, and it was funny because we said we tied, and they said no, but we need a winner. I was like, okay, Fabian, you can talk with them if you want because. <laughs> You won in the streaming match, you know, but yeah, it was a tie before playing. Then I guess I was like 3 1 for uh, 3 1, 4 1, something like that, 4 2. Uh, and then I beat, uh, I guess, another Arcus. I was like 5 2. Um, I almost beat every Arcus just with every rapid flow almost every game. No matter if they play Inteleon, if they play VRL, if they play Manafi, if they play whatever, you just have a rapid flow and wins the game against Arcus if you play properly. And I was um, five o uh, two um, in the tournament, and two rounds remaining. Right, so I had like two winnings or two ties. Actually, made me join the day two because five o four also um, make the day two because it's nineteen points. So I faced Seb Simons, uh, really good player from Europe. Um, I was considering to like play right because it's like all right, I have two winnings, but two ties is also fine. At that point, I felt really tired because I guess I played really well, but after some rounds, I still don't have the resistance I had before sometimes because I need more tournaments to prepare better um, because I was two years without playing, right? Um, but Seb offered me the ID, and then I thought, he's a good player, right? I potentially can lose the two last rounds and not making the two. And I'm a player that normally prefers to... Even if I join with less points, I prefer to play the two because I feel confident of myself that I can win four or five rounds the two. Um, so after thinking uh, for a bit and I didn't felt really confident of my resistance, I decided to ID. Um, so I just ID the, two, the round three against Fabian, the round eight against Seb Simons, and the round nine 
to join as a 504, only 19 points, but um, feeling confident that the deck was broken and I could beat uh, everything in day two. It was funny because then I, I checked it in Pocket Stats day two what Seb Simons was playing, and he was playing Malamar, but I didn't know. If I knew, <laughs> I would definitely play that round eight because I think Malamar is a really, really good matchup for our version of the deck um, because we have Medichan and Quick Shooting and Avery and a really good game plan uh, with Raihan uh, Rapid Flow after Jogaloo. <laughs> but I didn't know at the time he played Malamar. So there, There's a reason he that, offered you the ID, huh? He knew what you were on. <laughs> maybe he knew what I was playing, but I didn't know what he was playing, right? So it was kind of fun. But well, I joined with 19 points and I knew I needed to go like four wins and one tie in day two to make top eight. So I was actually thinking and talking with my friends, I, I, will, I will be happy with top 64 because we were like 71 people. So seven, seven players actually will make top 128 after playing 14 rounds, but it's kind of sad, right? Because it's like, you may maybe do the same than people that didn't make day two, but you play five more rounds and still didn't top 64. So I was like, all right, my goal is at least top 64. So I need to win like two rounds. And Get then the money. I will be happy. But but then I started playing day two, and it was literally the same than day one. I felt like I played even better day two than day one. So I faced like Mius, Arcus, stuff like that. Every single round, it was like 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0. And suddenly, I, all right, I'm in the win and ID situation. And um, yeah, I, I guess I want to win the win and ID. Uh, yeah, Arcus and Mius made this day two. Didn't face any Malamar at the tournament, because the Malamar faced ID. So... Um, uh, a lot of Mews and Arcus, and uh, then I ID with Frank playing Whimsicott the last round uh, to join Top 8. So I was pretty happy because I felt super confident. I played, I guess I played really well uh, because I trained a lot all the matchups. And yeah, really happy for making Top 8. And then my new goal was, or at least I want to try to win the Top 8 match because I want the trophy, right? That's <laughs> pretty cool. A pretty cool trophy. Um, but then I checked the top eight, and it was like, all right, there are five for Shifus, and I don't play mana fee, so all of them are a bad matchup. There is a Sylveon VMAX guy, that's really a bad matchup too, because he's weakness to metal. And there is a Whimsicott guy that actually destroyed me, because uh, I don't play enough Dark Attackers, I only play one Moltres, one Hoopa. Um, so I was like... I want to face the Mew with the Shifu because I feel, I feel it's the most um, close matchup I can actually win uh, because the Mew player, I guess, he didn't play Marnie. So I was like, all right, it's, 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 it's funny how playing with Shifu, I actually want the Mew in top 8 um, to have better chance to make top 4. And I face Isaiah, uh, what he plays with Shifu, but no mana fee uh, neither. But it was actually my first mirror of my life. We, I, since I started playing Urshifu, I didn't play a single Urshifu mirror in Liverpool or in UIC or in the testing because we didn't test Urshifu. So I was like, I don't know if I go, if I should go first. I don't know if I should go <laughs> second. I don't know if I should pressure the VMAX. I don't know if I should drop it flow the Sobels. So I was like, it was a new, um, it was a new thing of my life. A uh, quick uh, question on that one. So you haven't played it. Did Isaiah sit down and seem confident in the matchup? Because he knew what you were playing. So did it look like he had tested the matchup before? And did he like carry himself like, I know exactly what I'm doing? Or did he kind of sit down the same way of like, I don't know? <laughs> no, I guess he felt really confident, at least 
he was playing really fast and knowing perfectly what uh, he wanted to make. So I guess, well, I, I don't know, but I guess he actually tested some mirror, uh, definitely more than me. I literally played zero Shifu <laughs> games um, for Liverpool and for UIC because it's like, all right, we play Shifu, we will see, we will figure out. It's like, you know, um, but he's playing no man of it, right? So it was like really, really three close games. Um, I won game one of top eight uh, after a really close uh, a match. Game two, I almost full break, but it was funny because he had like Mew and the Sobel and he net the Hoopa and he decided to pass. And my hand was like VMAX v energy <laughs> uh, for rapid throw. So it was, you know, and I have like Hoopa in the active, right? So it's like, if he, if he doesn't bench the Hoopa, what, what, what happens? If I top the net or a keeper, of even breaking, I will win the game because of rapid flow. So he decided to take the risk, but I didn't top the net or the <laughs> keeper. So I just, I was like drop passing with Hoopa in the active. Um, Never lucky. Game two. <laughs> and game three was pretty fun because, um, well, it was pretty, it was pretty cool that game one, he won the coin flip. So I was like, oh, I don't decide. You decide. <laughs> you know, Cause I don't know what to do. So you decide if you go first or second. Um, and I guess he decided to go second, so he could like solve it. I don't remember actually. Um, so game three was pretty close, and actually misplay one the the last turn. Well, actually it was really her breaking game, right? Because he the, my games against Isaiah was pretty pretty intense because he's one of the best players for sure right now in the world. He played perfectly, and it was a pleasure to to have a really good games um, against him. And my strategy was like rapid flow multiple times because I cannot to hit Kyo the VMAX because I don't play choice belt, but he played choice belt. So I guess he had a better chance in the mirror because he can actually 180 Gale Thrust with choice belt plus rapid flow for knockout. I need three attacks to take a VMAX KO and he plays Cheril. So I needed to like rapid flow multiple times with Raihan uh, the bench and then Echo Horn plus rapid flow again because I cannot go for the VMAX, I guess, with my list. So I thought I had game, so I only evolved one Drizzle for potential Italian quick, uh, one kick shooting, and then I have two Sobels. Like, I don't need to evolve another Sobel. Um, but then he, like, net everything, uh, evolved both Inteleons, and uh, Clara all the one price attacker babies <laughs> of the discard pile. So I was, like, checking the discard pile. I was like, all right, how can I rapid flow with Horn if I cannot Horn anything, right? <laughs> so he actually played perfectly that turn. So he's like, so then, and then he killed me with Moltres, the active. So his board was like Intellion 160, Intellion 150, and um, Moltres in the active, and no one pricer in the, in the discard pile, and I have two price remaining, right? So then it was like, all right, I misplay because if I had that second drizzle in play, and not only two sobels, I could quick shoot in net, quick shoot in, and then rapid flow Intellion and Moltres. But because of that, my fall for thinking I would win because he had like Passimian and more one prizes and two sobers in the discard pile. Um, I thought I had game. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, suddenly he had everything. And I was like, all right, I guess I lose. So my only chance is to kill the Moltres, right? And uh, he needed to go second Moltres um, plus escape rope because he played one escape rope. So we ended at the point that, um, yep, I just kill the Moltres, quick shooting. And I start to pray uh, that he couldn't find escape room, right? So he went like Moltres and stuff. And then he Cynthia for eight. I was like, <laughs> and he, his day was like 12 cards, right? So I was like, well, 
I guess I'm losing because of my fault. So I was thinking like, yeah, I just have to lose because if my Sobel was a drizzle, the last turn that I could evolve, I would have game and I kind of threw. Um, so he's in the apparate and he was drawing car by car, but his face didn't change. His, you know, his poker face didn't change. So it was like, if he actually draws the escape rope, he will definitely feel pretty happy, right? So he was drawing car by car, not feeling happy. And then when <laughs> he draw the last card of Cynthia, he was so sad. So it's like, <laughs> you didn't hit escape rope in like, you know, 12 cards and deck and you draw eight. And he was like, no, I don't have the escape rope. So he just damaged my Urshifu, right? Um, but not enough for a knockout. Um, so I won. And then he checked the deck and escape rope was literally the next card. <laughs> Never look, oh, no. Like, um, this time I was lucky, right? Sometimes it's on my uh, side, sometimes on the opponent side. Uh, but yeah, really good games with Isaiah, for sure. And, well, the four was in streaming and I got destroyed by Whimsicott starting Wichifu twice, breaking <laughs> twice. And I had game game one if Frandy the Marnie me, uh, my winning hand. But yeah, he found one of the his three Marnies at the perfect time. Again, too, I just got destroyed. Um, but yeah, really happy for for making top four. Sorry, it was too long, but the Isaiah game was super intense. Yeah, no, that was, that was, was great. Watching, I, <laughs> I was watching it. And I I couldn't see what what was going on, but I saw him drawing like that, and then yeah. he he's like, oh, when he didn't get it, it's like, yeah. oh no, that yeah, was super stressful watching. It was one of my favorite games of my life, probably because. Winning or losing, I was like, all right, I deserve to lose because I had game, but I didn't thought he could actually net all the field and clatter all the discard pile and evolve both Intelios. But yeah, yeah, he actually did. So I was like, oh, he deserves to win. But yeah, in a 12-card deck or so, the, the escape was literally the next card after Cynthia for eight. Um, so well, it was really, really close games and a really nice opponent for sure. You didn't mention a lot of top four, but there was one thing I wanted to talk about real quick. So your body language on stream for game two, it was very clear how upset you were starting Urshifu. The second time in a row, it is very unlikely for you to start Urshifu once, let alone a second time, right? But your body language of just slamming the card down, you were very clearly frustrated. Do you think that ended up causing anything down the road of like, I'm already down on myself. I'm already doubting this. I'm already feeling bad. Or was that just like a one time? I hate this. Okay, now I'm back in game mode. Um, for that time, I was sad, um, but yeah, definitely like, all right, I have this star again, even worse setup than game one, but I think that's Pokemon, right? That's something we need to accept. So I still try my best, mm -hmm. um, to won that game. Um, but all my pieces were like in the price, like a Snorlax was priced, Raihan was priced, Intellion, Shady Dillings was priced, Hoopa was priced. So I was like, yo, every card I need for this matchup is priced. Um, but yeah. It was just some seconds of uh, frustration, but I still say, I still think to myself, I'm going to try my best even with this bad setup because um, that's part of the game, right? Um, uh, well, then, for example, Frank semi-bricked twice against Wada. Yeah, that's Pokemon, right? So uh, I had a pretty good setup boards almost during all the tournament. Uh, and yeah, the bad hands happened in the four. So at least it happened in the four and not in the winning. Uh, but yeah. Um, I'm sometimes really, really uh, emotional and express my feelings um, while playing. It's something maybe I need to fix or adapt 
to not show that too much. But it was a friend of mine, so probably that's why it was more relaxed and like, well, if I lose, it's fine. Because Frank, just fun fact, Frank was um, the guy who actually gave me the, the decklist of Rayquaza when I took four worlds. So I was really happy. It's like, if I lose, I lose to the guy who gave me the the night before the two, the list of the deck I made top four at Worlds. So I was happy for that. Yeah, Even if I lose, happy for my friend, for sure. And I'm sure you were asked this on stream, but I missed your stream because I was at work. Did you, you picked up the Whimsicott to read it. Did you say out loud, oh, it's a new card? Yes, I was thinking like, your people will like to play new card chat, you know, like... <laughs> I didn't even know the HP of uh, Whimsicott or Whimsicott Vistar because we were like joking and laughing during all the weekend. Like we lost to Whimsicott, and I was like always saying, "Bro, I'm not touching or thinking about Whimsicott because who plays that car?" But well, I guess I deserved it then to face it before. <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't know like the attack or or the HP or anything because my test was just full Arceus, Mew, and Malamar. So it's like people say, "But we lost to Whimsicott." I was like, "Bro." There's, I mean, we okay, we lost to Whimsicott and we lost to Sylvian, but who plays that and suddenly to Interpate, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then one more big question on the whole tournament run. You said when you're on in our pre-Salt Lake City and then therefore pre-Liverpool, you're excited, you're going to come in to Liverpool with a clean-shaven face, you're going to be ready, sexy Pedro is going to make an appearance. Pedro, the facial hair is coming back. Would you have done better if you came in with the clean, full, sexy Pedro look? Or is the beard part of the new look? Yeah, that's a great question, right? I always try to be like that, as you said. I did that for Liverpool. And as uh, some people know of this uh, podcast, what is the best Pokemon podcast, of course. Um, <laughs> I'm really superstitious, right? So after two years without competing and shaving and uh, cutting my hair, I threw the winner in. Or my completely fall. So I wanted to change that um, mindset. Like I will try to go no shave and well, the hair I have after Liverpool. And it gave me the top four. So I guess if I will <laughs> shave again and cut the hair again, it will be two options. Or I don't make the two again, you I see, or I will win the tournament. We will never know, right? There's no, <laughs> no other options. <laughs> so are you not going to shave or cut your hair until the next tournament? Probably not for Bilbao neither, but um, because Bilbao is my next one, I mean, like yeah. two weeks is a special event. Um, now I'm thinking about it because like, well, it actually g gave me lucky for UIC. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking what I will do for Bilbao. But in Bilbao, I have some friends that I want to hang out with and I may be going more sexy. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so Bilbao's coming up, uh, Indy's coming up. Just a very quick little spark notes. How do you expect five out of eight decks being Rapid Strike Urshifu to warp the meta? Do you expect Rapid Strike Urshifu to start to see more play? Are the Mew decks going to somehow tech for it? I don't know how that is. Are the Arceus decks going to tech for it? Or do you think Rapid Strike Urshifu is here to stay as a tier one deck? Oh, I think um, Urshifu is the best, the best deck in the format by far. But it's definitely a really hard deck to play. Um, even I'm making a lot of misplays after playing like 200, 300 games. But uh, people can actually watch that in UIC, Tor was like 
30-0, right, in day one. It was like 2-0-2-0-2-0-2-0-2-0. I, so Tor and I didn't lose a single round uh, during day one and day two until Whimsy got appears. That actually shows the power of Urshifu in um, good player hands. Like, we face a lot of Mew players, a lot of Arcus players, uh, Tor and I, and we still didn't drop a single game. And I face a lot of good players, especially like John N., uh, Isaiah Branner, um, Miloslav, uh, Posleni. So Thor also faced like Gustavo Wada, right? And we still beat all the top players 2-0 or 2-1 for maybe one brick. Um, but the deck is really hard to play. So um, I think in our good hands, Worship is the best deck in the format. Um, but people probably don't know how to play properly if they don't test it enough. Um, but yeah, UIC for sure will make an impact for these next two weeks. So I guess people will all test the deck and play the deck or try to counter it with Manafi, Upavi, stuff like that. And definitely will be more Whimsicots because Whimsicott is hype, right? And people like hype and people like... It's got hammers. Pokemon. Yeah, hammers and fluffy Pokemon. So <laughs> I definitely expect more Shifu and uh, Whimsicott coming up and maybe less Mewless Arceus. But it was funny, right? Because I guess almost everyone for UIC was thinking, all right, top three decks are Miu, Arceus, Malamar, and suddenly five spots of Urshifu VMAX. Um, so yeah, I guess it's going to definitely change the meta for a bit. And I kind of want to play the same because the deck is just too good. But uh, the deck kind of lost to Whimsicott. So we need to touch for Whimsicott. And we maybe need to add mana fee. Mm -hmm. But then I need to cut some cards I don't want to cut. So... We will see how can we can adapt the deck because we actually adapt the deck from Liverpool to UIC. So we, I guess we can still do it for UIC to Bilbao or Indy, maybe join Manafi or maybe join um, more dark attackers for Whimsicott. Do you think it'll be as good like in the US since we play a lot more Marnie over here? Um, that's actually interesting, right? Because Marnie is definitely one of the problems of our deck. I the rounds I lose was like Marnie turn two into no level one, no drizzle, um, no draw supporters. So definitely USA. I, I guess we have um, better success in Europe because the meta is kind of different than USA. Um, also in uh, in USA they kind of prefer to play another Urshifu list as we saw with uh, Raul and Isaiah and the group. They play like Mews over the Snorlax and Research and definitely a better deck against Marnie spam. So I guess for USA it could be different for sure than, than Europe in Bilbao. I guess the meta could actually change because of the play style of both regions, right? Grant, what are your thoughts? Because you're going to Indy. Do you have any initial thoughts on how that meta is going to change a little bit? Well, I hope, like Pedro said, that some uh, lesser skilled players pick the deck up and can kind of... <laughs> feast on their misplays, that'd be great. But uh I'm still pretty much preparing for it the same way. Or uh I'm 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 leaning back to just the the Arceus uh dark package um with capture energies because that's what was working before and running pretty smooth. And I think that's just a, a good deck overall. Um I'll probably mess around a little bit with Inteleon this week, which is probably better easier to get the the moltres plays off and, and that as we'll see more oh i guess you'll see Mew anywhere at this point it doesn't really matter that much but um not planning for as much malamar and then there's just 
this what there's 1200 people yeah so having a consistent deck because expecting to see a lot of jank <laughs> you know like uh in salt lake you know there were there were durant still going around and um break and and all this other stuff that you know here at eu i see it seemed like it's pretty streamlined to a certain five or six decks in total um but yeah having having options consistency is is really the key i think just to to play well and and arcus obviously gives you that we'll we'll see how intellion works out for me personally it's tough because we'll be testing online instead of irl so the timing and and the rounds um i haven't ha i didn't have any ids I didn't really get close or uh, not ids ties um didn't really get close and i think it might have been more of an issue if i'd played intellion so need to get my pace of play up i think just from experience and pedro you've played a lot of intellion so you can chime in too it's actually not that difficult once you get used to it like the biggest thing is for the intellion engine if you can play it online as long as you learn to know when you're going back in the deck so you don't waste time shuffling it's not that slow at all. The biggest thing is the people who go into their deck three times with Inteleon, like, okay, uh, Drizzle for level ball, and they start shuffling, and it's like, oh, wait, no, I'm going to play the level ball, and they go grab, let's say they're Drizzle chaining because they're bad, and they grab another Shady Dealings, and they grab, like, an Ultra Ball to grab an Arceus to use Starbirth, and it's like, well, if you shuffle that five times, you're out of luck. But if you know that you have to go back in the deck, you just don't shuffle it, and you just keep saying it, then you're totally fine. So I think that's the biggest skill thing for anyone out there who might... Because Indy is still going to be a lot of people's first tournament. I kind of forget that because we had so many. But like 1,200 people, Salt Lake City was 600 and uh, very expensive to get to. And then I'm assuming the SPE is not going to have a lot of first timers because Europe's had Europe's just way easier to get to events than North America is. It's it seems really cheap over there. But anyway, uh, Pedro, do you have any other advice on like an Intellion engine for someone who hasn't played it IRL before? Um, yeah, actually, you said something that is actually really cool for people that maybe the first tournament, right? Um, in TCG Online, you shuffle every time, but people can actually watch my day one streaming of UIC round three and my day two streaming, top four streaming in uh, YouTube or Twitch Pokemon um, TCG uh, channels and uh, stuff. Like when I play the deck, for example, I try to make things uh, to make. Uh, everything clear and if i'm going back to the deck i always say to the opponent uh, i will take this like level or drizzle and i always say to my opponent wait a second because i will go back to the deck and that actually makes everything smoother so i don't need to shuffle every single time right also i had some times that maybe i have intelion but i'm still not sure about what to pick because it's maybe an important turn to decide so maybe I only shuffle sometimes when I say, all right, I guess I'm going back to the deck. Give me one second. Um, and I maybe watch my hand and then I decide, all right, I'm going back to the deck or I'm not going to back to the deck and I start shuffling, right? So for first time people, I know that playing an, in real life is definitely way different than TCGO. I recommend that uh, don't be nervous or try to not be nervous. And if you need to take more time, because your first time running uh, is your first tournament is completely fine. Um, just try to make all your plays clear. Like when you take something, right, put it in your hand. Uh, and when you play, say that you play the car and then search the deck. And when you finish the action, put the level or the quick ball in the discard pile to make everything clear. So people can actually watch maybe my stream 
of round three, day one or top four, and you can actually watch how I played uh, Intellion Engine in real life. So maybe it actually helps uh, new people to play the deck. Um, that also reminds me that my wrong one in UIC was against a new player to play for the first time. He was actually shaking, really nervous, and I always try to say, don't worry, take your time. It's completely fine. I'm not going to call a judge. Uh, and uh, I actually, you know, uh, told that to my opponent, and then he felt better, and he felt happier, and he actually thanks me after the game that I was um, patient uh, with him, and it was uh, just pretty fine. I try to not rush my opponents never, and try to say, if you are nervous, uh, keep calm. And I will, you know, take your time. It's fine. If it's your first tournament, I understand. I was in that position uh, once, and I feel you. Um, and yeah, we just played the game. We played two games with no problem. And I was waiting more than I expected, but it's completely fine. We have 50 minutes uh, to play, what is um, pretty good. It was funny, right? Because that opponent told me, like, if it was my first tournament, right? And if I will, if I actually qualify for Worlds uh, sometimes, <laughs> and stuff like that, right? So it was... Uh, Pretty cool scenario. Um, yeah, it was like when I, when I said I, I was actually was like top one in Europe uh, championship points. <laughs> he was like, oh, wait. <laughs> Good flex, Pedro. <laughs> I'm not and trying to intimidate like, my opponent, but I'm going to tell them I'm number one in Europe. <laughs> Casual, relax. You're going to lose. Don't worry. <laughs> and then he said, well, then I'm going to just try to win one game. <laughs> And it was funny because I almost lost game one. He was playing Jolteon, what is a pretty good matchup for me. Um, but he marnied me, and I bricked on turn two. Uh, but I topped the like Drizzle turn three, so I could play the game and win uh, that game one. And game two, he he bricks. But I was like, I told him like, you saw the game one, right? Uh, even if he, you are a new player, and I'm playing this game for like a lot of years and being top four at Worlds and winning Oceania International and stuff like that, you could win the game. Because sometimes I can break, right? Um, so I thought that I could come back the game. Um, but yeah, he was a really cool guy to play um, in the wrong one. And I guess he felt uh, way better and less stressed and less shaking after I kind of tried to calm down him to, you know, to play better. And yeah, I just said, take your time. It's completely fine. Good guy, Pedro. To no one's surprise. <laughs> Are you ready to get into some questions from Twitch chat? So we've got yeah. a couple. Uh, the first one is from Slapjacks13 for both of you. What was the best food you ate at EUIC? So Grant, um, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Uh, I didn't really have too much of the German um, food, per se, like the schnitzel versed. Uh, but I did have their food most of the time. I, I found a pretty good um steak place um uh their cuts there's usually the rump steak which is a little different than what we're used to in america but it was uh it was pretty good and um italian place uh the carbonara was not good but <laughs> i don't know how it was a i, I went there during the day uh and had a had a drink and hung out over there and then ordered it later in the night because I wasn't hungry at the time. Didn't want to eat, but I was like, I wanted to try their food. And uh, it wasn't, let's just say the pasta wasn't even al dente. It was like half cooked. It was, uh, it wasn't there. They just, they didn't have it that day. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> Play. 
they saw they watch you walk in like this person definitely went one three drop like don't even bother cooking it you're playing the pokemon thing yeah it's like you shouldn't be here right now it's (laughs) it's still going on (laughs) pedro what was the best meal you had during your euic trip um so i have two in mind right now that's a good question right because every time i travel to a regional or especially to international um, I'm a person that normally don't spend the money on almost anything that I need um, because I don't need more time I grow up, more time I say I don't need material stuff, I don't need anything to be happy. Um, so I don't smoke, I don't drink normally. Uh, I, I, I um, dress the clothes I had with uh, 14 years old because I didn't um, grow up. Uh, uh, as a tall stuff, so um, I'm still drawing the same clothes. So it's like, if I want to spend extra money in something in my life, it's gonna be with good food, right? Something I, right? That's the only thing I want to spend extra money. So in internationals and stuff, for example, in Fogo do Chao in Brazil, is a restaurant place that uh, it costs like 80, 100 euros uh, or so, but it's like it's once of my life every year, right? So. Uh, every time we want to go to really good uh, places to eat, even if they are way more expensive than the normal ones. So that happened on Thursday night, the day before the tournament. I went to my with some uh, um, with Fabian, with uh, his brother, uh, with some Spanish friends, um, with Medi TCG, what is in the mellow chat right now too. It was my room partner that was actually a fun fact um Medi TCG is um a mexican uh, friend that he knew me on twitch like one year ago he likes my streamings and he just traveled from mexico to frankfurt just to meet me not to not to even play the tournament so it was pretty cool um that someone actually travels to to know to know you because um i'm you know i was like is uh, is one of my fans um we actually sleep in the same room and i didn't know him personally so like well i hope you are a really good guy hopefully you don't kill me at night uh, it was pretty good it was pretty perfect nothing <laughs> bad happens so i want to thank him for sure um that he come to to meet me um he actually gave me lucky right to make the four uh, so we dinner in like um italian place the pizza was like pretty good we actually tried i actually tried like three or four plates that night i was like yo i want to try everything you know <laughs> <laughs> i can't and blame the you other, there yeah the other really good meal was when i uh, id against frank um i had like one hour right before the bait um so i went for the first place i saw next to the tournament it was like a burger not anything like um, super cool but it was the burger of the victory, right? It was like 10 euros burger. No, it was, wasn't good at all, but I enjoyed it like crazy, right? Because it was like, I did the job. I'm really happy and I'm going to enjoy this, even if it's not great. But it was the burger of the victory. <laughs> Blaine asks, how do I play Urshi without my brain exploding? Well, it's actually one of the best decks to improve in the game, right? Um, um, if you want to be a better player, if you want to be, uh, if you want to m- improve your gameplays, um, Intelong Engine in general, not only Shifu, 
is uh, pretty cool to learn uh, how to play better your sequencing. So um, I'm struggling a lot still to play Urshifu. Um, and I, of course, did some misplays during UAC tournament that actually could cost me the uh, some rounds, like top eight, for example. Um, but I'm still trying to learn every game. Uh, so yeah, my recommendation always is to continue testing and with more experience, more practice, you will be a better player. You will actually watch some plays faster. I guess I played better in UIC than Liverpool because I had more experience with the deck, so I could play faster some games in a better way with better plays. And thanks to that, I could finish um, three games more than in Liverpool, for example, because I tied four times, but three of them were ID, right? So actually, I've my six rounds I played, I 2-0 or 2-1, five rounds with a slower deck in theory. Um, but yeah, thanks to my practice and experience, I guess I try to do the best plays um, uh, faster to finish uh, the games in 15 minutes because sometimes you face a slower opponents and sometimes you face faster opponents, right? So it's just a matter of experience and practice. And in Telong and Giant with so many one-offs, it's pretty cool to check prices, to remember what do you describe? What do you have in the deck? Which one-offs you need to use every turn and why? Uh, so yeah, just train on and you will get a high level at some point. Mary TCG asks, Viva el Betis. Yeah, Viva el Betis. Betis is, um, as people watching the streaming, this is the, the my football team. Uh, I really love football. And Saturday... 23 April, we played the finals of the Cope, you know, like, I don't know how to say it in English, like the leagues have like the the football uh, ranks, the leagues have like the league trophy and the Cope trophy. So we played the Cope. My, my team is like not pretty good in general. It's not top four, not top five. So the last time we won a trophy was 17 years ago in, 20, in 2005, 2005. So the Saturday, I made top four, watched the finals at night, and we won the trophy finals. It was definitely one of the best days of my life, probably one of the best weekends of my life. So, Viva <laughs> Betis means like, uh, you know, Betis is the best and stuff like that. The, so, yeah, Viva Betis. <laughs> Sancho asks, do you run Manaphy now, or do you leave it out of the list? So, Pedro, are you shoving a Manaphy into Urshifu if you're bringing it? Um, yeah, I guess Manaphy needs to be joined in every deck right now, if possible, because Urshifu is going to be really popular, right? At least, I guess, for the next tournament. Um, but uh, even against some decks like my list, or lists that play Manaphy and Quick Shooting, eh, sorry, um, Medicham and Quick Shooting, um, sometimes even it's not going to help a lot because you can just quick shoot in the mana fee for 20 if the opponent doesn't net uh, in mid game you can potentially quick shoot in net quick shooting um, yoga loop into rapid flow so um, even if joining mana fee helps against urshifu against a good player um, you maybe give the opponent an extra turn for running mana fee so it's going to be funny how people actually try to touch because i guess dance part is not enough i guess mana fee helps but could be not enough against some good players. So I'm starting to thinking that Hoopa V could be the most annoying um, Pokemon to deal against uh, when I play the Shifu. Uh, only one of my Arceus opponents during all day one and day two play Hoopa V, and it was definitely the hardest one uh, to beat. Um, so yeah, Mana Fee definitely helps. But against a good player, maybe you actually give him an extra turn if the, opponent, if 
we can actually quick shoot the net quick shooting into Jogaloop at some point, plus Avery, Rapid Flow, and all these things, right? Garolas Gambit asks, does the Arceus matchup get worse if they're running Manaphy, Dunsparce, and a card to recover them, Ordinary Rod, Clara, etc.? Um, yeah, definitely makes it harder, right? Um, but still, I guess the matchup is still fine. I faced like six, seven, eight Arceus, some, some with Manaphy, some without Manaphy. Uh, well, the majority of them without Manaphy would make it easier for sure. But I still think um, the average rapid flow combo is just uh, insane because Im let's imagine the Arceus player has like two Arceus in play, a Manaphy dance pars, and potentially two Sobers or two Drizzles, right? So when I play the matchup against Arceus, I normally never touch the Arceus. I always try to go for rapid flow if they don't play Manaphy uh, twice, and then I take like two prizes in the end of the game after they play Rod and Clara. I face so many Arceus with dance pars, Rod and Clara, and was it in, wasn't even a problem even with big champ the dance bars because you can just um, chill some turns just give one to prices putting a snorlax or whatever in the active <clears throat> because if they boss you can just attacks or just chill um so if you average that board what the opponent discard right if they discard dance bars <clears throat> uh, we one hit the arcus if they discard mana fee we rapid flow and if they discard both sobers or drizzles um, my experience and my practice said they cannot draw the cards without intelligence in play, right? So you can juggle loop uh, the mana fear dance parts plus chilling sometimes with uh, Urshifu. So even if they have the perfect board, average rapid flow or average guilt thrust if they discard the dance parts uh, is just uh, insane. So definitely the matchup is way harder, right? But if you manage well your resources, I guess Arcus cannot win. I guess the card that puts more pressure. For my experience and my practice, is Hubavi. That card actually puts more pressure than every mana fee and every dance bars uh, in play because they are low HP and we play like Inteleon and Four Nets. Um, and if they discard the Sobels, they probably cannot set up Marnie's Cherens and bosses. Last question from Delok Who are you rooting for in the Champions League this year? Um, one of the best footballs I watched in my life, the best teams, um, was the Barcelona that Pep Guardiola um, trained some years ago. That uh, was yeah one of the best um, teams I ever saw, I ever seen in my life. So I'm actually even if I'm from Spain and Real Madrid and Villarreal are in the Champions League, um, I'm kind of rooting for Manchester City mainly because I'm a fan of. Pep Guardiola and his way to train and his way to understand the football. Um, but yeah, I actually don't care a lot. Actually, if Madrid wins or Villarreal or City or Liverpool, I just enjoy watching football. But if I want to root for one, I'm rooting for Manchester City because of the of Pep Guardiola. I guess he's a really good coach and he deserves uh, a winning City as a trainer, as a coach. Clearly, uh, my favorite mod is upset at that answer. <laughs> Pedro, where can the people find you if they want more of your amazing knowledge on the Pokemon trading card game? Um, so, well, today was actually the day I, I, I left Twitch after four years. It was my last stream of TCG. Um, I'm left in Twitch. Um, so it's a really good way to say goodbye in your podcast. Uh, I'm living as a content creator, but I will still competing for sure every weekend. Can, can we still get body. you on the pod occasionally? 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, living as a content creator part, but I will continue to like, I continue to do coaching. People can actually watch my coaching um, stuff in Metaflow. I didn't up my prices after top four UIC, still the same prices. People can actually uh, have a really good offer. Um, so yeah, people can actually find me probably on Twitter. Um, I don't use a lot of social medias lately, but I will still post some uh, results and some tournaments on Twitter is uh, Sininchi. Um, so yeah, I'm leaving Twitch this month um, after four years. I, I stream for like 2,800 hours during four years, so I kind of want to move on and do other projects. But yeah, I will still competing for sure. And um, always uh, a pleasure to be in the podcast. So yeah, people can actually actually find me on Twitter. Probably it's going to be the the easier way. And of course, in, in real life tournaments, I will try to go to all the regionals, all the special events, all the internationals and the worlds. So if you watch me there, just say me hello. I don't bite. I, I can, we can make a picture if you want chat. <laughs> Sad news. Cause I had to miss your stream, but be sure to check out the Twitter and the Metify link to Pedro's Toad Coaching. I'll have that in the description box about the YouTube video or your podcast app. Highly recommend for anyone out there who wants coaching. Grant, where can the people find you? Uh, Twitter at RealBooCK, one word. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and myself. <laughs> right now, yeah. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Uh, thank you to everyone who left comments or ratings after I put it at the start of the last podcast. A couple of you did, and that is actually super appreciated. So thank you all so, so, so much. And this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.